Hello everyone, welcome back to Life of a Conspiracy Theorist. I'm your host, Derek, and we will be talking about ghosts, ghouls, demons, UFOs, extraterrestrial, uh, <laughs> extraterrestrials, no, extraterrestrials, and all the things that go bump in the night. But the one thing I'll talk about, we're also going to talk about certain things from the scriptures. Uh, of dealing with misnomers and dealing with things that um, is more man-made traditions than they are actual biblical. And the other thing too is that I want to make sure you understand is that even though I'm a Christian and I look at things from a Christian perspective, it is my perspective. It is my, my views of how I look at things. But I still want you to feel welcomed. I still want you to, be, to engage and I want us to just go down this rabbit hole, this long rabbit hole of dealing with a what I have come to after seeing the Dead Sea Scrolls, after reading many of the texts, getting to meet a gentleman known as Michael Rude, uh, which had Rude Awakening. Um, got to meet him, got to see one, an old Torah. And um, there was something that he brought up to us while we were there. You know, tradition tells us that Jesus had three and a half years of his ministry. But when you take a look at the Gospels, and you take a look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you, you realize there's certain things that are don't add up. They don't, they, it's, it's out of sync somewhere. But you do know that there's certain scriptures that, that across all four of the Gospels sits there and shows us and shares with us the time that these events were taking place that this event here took place in all of the gospels and so you can have that as like your your zero uh point where you'll go from that and say okay let me line up the scriptures not with my ideology not with my man-made traditions but by archaeology and by the the customs because jesus was a jew he was a nazarene um, so he did have to keep the Feast of the Lord. Now, as Christians in the Western culture, we pretty much don't know what the Feast of the Lord is all about. We think that they're just, you know, Jewish feasts, and they don't have any bearing or e any merit for us to even look at or follow. But I'm here to tell you that they actually do, and that it is very important to start to try and, you know, if you could keep them, great but we're gentiles you know it's not something that's put over our heads to do but you can it'd be a good thing to try but don't get so dogmatic that you feel you have to do works and services to get the blessings of the grace of salvation from jesus christ this is where a lot of hebrew roots uh, people are going wrong they they get all hot and heavy about wanting to do it the right way and wanting to be able to share the gospel and experience the way god intended us to but then they kind of get a little carried away on some of the things and then they become as bad as the sadducees and the pharisees were in the time of jesus christ so what if what if this is just a hypothetical question just throwing it out there and i have read the scriptures i have followed scriptures i am a minister um so and i've also got to uh see other ancient texts and see the Dead Sea Scrolls. I've been very blessed at what the Father's allowed me to see. 
And when I was looking at things in the scriptures, reading them, especially early on, because I was an atheist, I say an atheist, but I didn't really believe in anything. Uh, people said that there was a God. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know who, the, who Jesus was when his, that name was mentioned. I didn't have a clue who that was. And it took me getting sick with cancer to finally fully submit myself to the Lord. And in doing so, God was kind enough to open up the doors that were other doors were closing and God was opening up other ones. But the one thing I want to discuss and talk to you about is the fact of dealing with this event. This event that apparently it goes across all the Gospels and Michael Rood has done a great job in sharing this information. As a matter of fact, he also uh, did things with one riot, uh, one uh, riot, so that he could uh, find the, the Dead Sea Scrolls, find um, the uh, gosh, there's the um, Ark of the Covenant, where the temple really was. You know, he's done a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff in archaeology um, that a lot of people know. And he also came up with a, co- a calendar, which took you back to the biblical. Um, roots of God's calendar, not man-made calendar. And so as I was learning from this gentleman and talking with him and uh, being able to engage and ask questions, the one thing he asked me, especially with me being a Baptist preacher, he said, you do realize that Jesus' ministry was not three and a half years. Now, this was the very first time I ever heard this. So to me, immediately, I'm thinking this guy is off his rocker. And immediately, I go to the fact of fake news and conspiracy theorist that the Zionist movement has been conspiring the world to lead us down to the pits of hell instead of bringing us to the one true God, which is Yoivahe. And i got to tell you, he's right. You take a look at the Jewish people now. Yes, by name alone, they are are, man, are God's people. By name alone. Um, but are they spiritually God's people? That answer is no. If they reject Jesus Christ as their Messiah, Jesus Christ, Yahushua HaMashiach, as their Messiah, then they have rejected God. And in rejecting God, they have rejected their birthright they rejected what they were supposed to receive, and this is why the Gentiles were able to receive it from Jesus. But getting back to the topic at hand of dealing with the fact that what if, hypothetically, what if Jesus' ministry was not three and a half years? Because when you see the Gospels, it calls one incident the Feast of the Jews. And then it calls it another one where it goes and says Passover, but with a little P. And that lets you know it's not the Jewish feast is actually Passover. And the other one is just another small festival that was being held. So as I was looking at Michael Root and his chronological gospels, if you get a chance, I I do recommend that if you can get his book. Uh, It's got a chop full, just even if you get it, just to be able to look at the notes and the time that he put into this. It is a little expensive, um, but the information in it is so worth it. It is so, so, so worth it. And so it says, and the problem is, and it must be 
address. There's a problem in the scriptures known as the fatal errors. Most of the Christian world has grown up with the concept that Jesus' ministry was three and a half years in duration. However, no scholar has ever been able to prove this hypothesis, and in fact, the plain text of the Gospels narrative proves that a three and a half year ministry is a mathematical impossibility. The three and one half year ministry construct is theoretically invention of an age-old religious system that offers no proof no proof at all for that which it demands is abhorrent blindly accept furthermore creation was tragically tragically destroyed the gospels chronologically and heavy uh (laughs) vile the gospels of the king that jesus taught it it goes on to sit there and say you know preaching and teaching a three and a half year uh ministry may be no big deal to us but in the jewish customs it's a major deal because that means that jesus the messiah who is not supposed to miss any feast of the lord not only missed them but purposely did not go to them and nor in the scriptures does it say that God attacks his father's um, feast. He goes after the religious establishment. So if he's going after the religious establishment and what is being portrayed there, then that means that his ministry definitely could not have been as long as we have been led to believe. Now, the other thing too is that it... Um, it was Esabus, the one uh, proposed a three and a half year ministry, 300 years after the resurrection of Jesus. Every church father and historian for the first three centuries were clearly stated or never contradict that Jesus' ministry was about one year. Ephibus uh, uh, proposed... proposed this undoctrinal uh, assert as a fulfillment of Daniel's 70 weeks pro- uh, prophecy. Now, after 1600 years, his esoterical uh, uh, hierarchs continue to voice an unprofitable invention that unwavering conviction. He had assumptions and in his assumption destroyed any chance of an understanding of the prophecy of Daniel that uh, he was um, reportedly trying to solve. Furthermore, Ephesus followers have been left with unresolved, unsolvable, and contradictions of the very main source of the scriptures in the ministry of Jesus Christ. See, a lot of people don't want to sit there and, and and look at the scriptures and let the scriptures interpret the scriptures. There are people out there. There's a guy that goes by Robin's Hood that is uh, out there. and Man, he will make prophecy, and he's on YouTube. He'll make prophecy and prophecy and prophecy. Not get one right, but yet it's an agenda, and it is him trying to push a false narrative. And it's kind of the same type of false narrative 
that is being pushed here dealing with the three and a half year ministry now understand that I, what i'm saying is is that i'm not saying that that jesus's ministry was not um profitable and that it was not um very much needed and, and received the time it's just that along the ways it's kind of like there's that, that old game you whisper in your uh, the next person's ear one word and it goes around in a circle and by the time it comes back you try to see if it's that same word and what ends up happening is that it's not the same word the word has changed or been added to or has been manipulated and when you start to do that with the scriptures then you start to negate the importance of the scriptures and the importance of why we have the scriptures and the importance of understanding that when we do these things we're adding error to the scriptures that has no need to be an error once or uh, forever because it is the inherent word of God. Now, seeing in all four gospels, the feeding of the 5,000 takes place at the end of the summer when the 12 apostles return from their paired assignments throughout the uh, villages of Galilee. You see this all that takes place, this one common thread, the feeding of the 5,000, comes in Matthew chapter 10, 1 through 14. Um, Mark chapter 6, 2 through, I mean, chapter 6, 7 through 31. And then you have Luke chapter 9, 1 through 9. And then you have John 6, 1. So there is this one common thread through all the Gospels that sits there and says, this one incident, this one moment in time has been documented in all four Gospels. From, from there is where you start to work backwards to the point to be able to pinpoint, figure out, and understand what it was that Jesus and how long Jesus' ministry really was. You have also in the 6th chapter, Daniel records that the feeding of 5,000 took place two days before Jesus taught in the synagogue of Capernaum and on the Sabbath day. On the Sabbath day, Jesus' um, expulsion was on the subject of the last days and the resurrection, the um, name of the day of trumpets, which begins when the first silver of uh, the seventh new moon of the year is sighted. Then it goes on and says in the seventh chapter, John opens up with Jesus making plans to go to the Feast of Shakot Tabernacles, which begins on the 15th day of the seventh month, exactly two weeks after the day of trumpets. And according to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the feeding of the 5,000 occurs 13 days before the Mount of Transfiguration incident that transpires on the 10th day of the 7th month, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and the, mo uh, the most holy day of the year. We see this again in chapter 14 of the book of Matthew 22 through chapter 17, verse 9. Also dealing with Mark chapter 6, Luke chapter 9, and John is the only author who does not record this event. Now, it's very important to understand that, you know, John did not um, record this event, but it does not mean that you cannot use 
the feet of the 5,000 to bridge the gap and understanding that this is the zero point. This is the apex. This is it. This is where we can finally kick off and ex exactly see how long it was for Jesus's ministry. Now, the gospel records confirms that the feeding of the 5,000 took place at the end of the summer, exactly 18 days before the Feast of Shakur. Now, also, the fatal error has been introduced into a otherwise flawless mathematical uh, system in for which of John chapter 6, 8 was inserted into later copies of the Greek text in order to artificially lengthen the ministry of Jesus. It is a pinnacle of intrigue that was eight words were appended on the very sentence of the structure, scriptures that guarantee that the forgery would eventually be exposed and it was received by the one miraculous event recorded by all four gospels authors the feeding of the 5,000 in modern versions of the Gospel of John were read with eight and famous words, 10 words in English. That's why it is so important to understand that we need to know chronologically what it is that's going on with the scriptures and understand that Jesus' ministry is not three and a half years and that when people sit there and say, yes, they add to it. I cannot say that man has not added to God's word. But God's word will always expose that in which man is added that God did not ordain. And that's why the scripture says, do not add to nor take away, or these will be on you. Let me know what you think about finding out that Jesus' ministry was only a year and a half long, and that that brought in the fulfillment and the prophecy of the book of Daniel, and the 70-week ministry, and then he was cut off. Also, let me know other topics you'd like for us to talk about on the conspiracy theory. And as always, take care, God bless, and pay attention to your surroundings because you never know what lies around the corner.